0: Hello and welcome to the second episode, the first guest episode of season two of the Fantasy Pints podcast. There we go. That was a, that was a mouthful to say. Um, it was a mouthful. And that was in an, intent, an unintentional segue into talking about you just shoving an ice bun onto your broken tooth and reminded me that we hadn't mentioned that you broke your tooth last night on the review slash preview episode. So tell everyone what happened in Liverpool City Centre last night.
1: Yeah, thanks, Sean. Um, If anyone's watched the preview episode already, rather than listen to it, you probably did notice the (laughs) snapped tooth, um, which was caused by a very rowdy crowd at one of my gigs on Saturday night. Um, Effectively, I I was playing in a bar with no barrier um, you often have barriers. Most bars have got a barrier, yeah. Especially if if it's, it's about a to stop the crazed fans. Particularly in, gets busy. It's storming not even, the stage. I mean, you, I know you're saying that in jest, but it genuinely is to protect the musician from people you know, people who are pissed and dancing around. Well, there and, was there
0: was actually that video that was, not long ago. It, was it Cavern Club where someone actually got onto the stage and lifted? Yeah, that was bad. That was.
1: That was Jay Murray. Um, there's normally a security guard on that step, and the security guard, for whatever reason, was not there. And some idiot just came up the stairs and pulled Jay's legs from underneath him. Uh, I do happen to know that after that fact, uh, the fella ended up much worse off than Jay. So
0: <laughs> well, well, we're not going to that then, but we, we have digressed. So what happened to your tooth? Um so there were
1: just it the, it was a particularly busy um, gig and there was a crowd of people dancing in front of me and one fella fell over, landed straight on the mic stand and effectively catapulted the microphone right at my teeth.
0: Yeah, and but the thing that, um, the burning question I have after this, uh, after I found this out was, I want to know your reaction. Was it was it a diva reaction? Did you did you stall off stage? Or did you power no. through like Dave Grohl with a broken leg?
1: No, it, it was right at the end of the gig anyway. So I kind of, I mean, I, I had to stop when it happened because the mic was no longer at my mouth. It was down here after it clattered me in the face. So that song kind of stopped. Um, and were, I mean, I was getting hounded for requests and stuff all night and there were quite a few people. I was... I wouldn't say I was a diva, uh, but I was. What <laughs> I, I did not want to be in that situation much longer. Yeah. And knowing that the gig was coming to an end anyway, I just finished the song I was playing and then kind of wrapped it up there because I had to roll launch, off to an, an another gig the at the other side of the town. Crowd. Yeah, I just pulled, pulled the tooth out of my mouth. It was resting on my tongue. At first I thought I'd broke the pulled microphone. Pulled more
0: teeth out of your mouth. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: At first I thought I'd broke the microphone because I thought, oh, my teeth are well hard, aren't they? So... You know, I'm mm. not gonna not gonna and then I quite quickly realized uh it was actually my tooth that snapped. So yeah. as Sean says, pulled it out of my mouth, launched signed it, launched it into the crowd <laughs> and uh finished finished the song and then cracked on. Um went off to, to Lanigan. Cracked on,
0: cracked on. Yeah, exactly. Crack. An intended you know, pun or
1: no. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know me, I'm a I'm a f- friend first, a boss second, and probably me. an entertainer third.
0: Yes. Yeah, very wise word. But anyway, onto uh, on to what we have in store for this episode. Um, we've recorded our first interview of season two with an up-and-coming artist who's he's he's on the cusp, I think, of a very big things. He's just signed to Pete Doherty's or Peter Doherty, as he does tell us in the episode's label. Um, he's he's also performed on, on stage with him, done a lot of work down in Margate, I think is where the record label is. Might be wrong there, mm. but yeah, get well, get well soon, Peter. By the way, um, I think he has. I think he has, has not he? I think is he okay he, now? Yeah, I think he made one of his gigs. Yeah, but um, Excellent. he did. He did spend a brief bit in hospital, but hopefully all fully recovered now. Um And yeah, he's he's worked with Noel Gallagher on one of his other tracks, and he. I think he mentions he's known for kind of his his ballads, um, that type of music, but his his new song which we do discuss in this um, thing. It's kind of an upbeat indie. It's like a catchy riff. I realised we've been talking about it for a long time and not mentioned his name yet. Um, it is Andrew Cushin. So shall we Shall we get into the episode? Let's get him in. I'm looking forward to this one. And we're joined this week by an up and coming singer songwriter from Newcastle, fresh from the release of his new single, You Don't Belong. It's Andrew Cushin. How are you doing?
2: Hello, mate. How are you?
0: We're brilliant, brilliant.
2: You, Good to
1: see you, mate. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you uh, giving us some of your valuable time.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, I've only been taking the dog for a walk, so it's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> In this way, I don't know what the weather's
0: like near you, but I wouldn't have wanted to take a dog for a walk today. But... Uh, uh, it's, it's not too to bad real. by me,
2: actually. It's all right. You've, you've got to be careful in warhouse as well because if you say walk, the dogs tend to go like ballistic.
1: Yeah. So they're only.
2: The so if you hear dogs starting to go rad, it's because we've mentioned walk to them.
1: <laughs> I used to, I used to, I used to do that when I lived with my mum. I used to wind her up and just say, walk, or just say word, even words that rhyme with it. We just wind the dogs up, and uh, yeah, became oh. became that the house pest for a while. Doing that. It was <laughs> great fun.
0: Uh, we'll, be, we'll be careful not to mention the W word then in this, uh, in this interview. Yeah, but straight into it then. Um, fresh from the new single, as we, as we mentioned, You Don't Belong. Um, tell us a bit about what it's all about and what's the reception been like since its release? Um,
2: the reception's been good, to be fair. I was... I was obviously I'm always optimistic when I release songs and you always want them to do well in radio and all that kind of stuff, but it is a tough grind. But I thought everything that we've done prior, the whole acoustic thing, and I know we've done the song with Noel, but even that's a little bit slow in parts do you know what I mean? So we've always been known as that, I have always been known as that ballad acoustic type writer. Do you know what I mean? So I just wanted to do something different. And you don't belong was written as an there's an acoustic version of it on our YouTube of I sing it there, how I wrote it, sort of thing. So it's stripped back and it's a lot slower and stuff. But when we were in the rehearsal room with a band and we're trying to put it together it just wasn't really working with the acoustic guitar so it was my guitarist at the time who had the idea of like maybe sort of trying to indie rockify it up a little bit and we worked out like a bit of a riff and stuff for it and then uh the drums are quite like you know it's a lot lot, a lot of flow tom and stuff going on so it's quite a bassy tune and then you've got like the high end of the riff so it is a like it's like an indie tune now do you know what i mean which is something that i've never done before um in terms of writing it though it's 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 the same old, really, you know, it's, it's uh, quite personal lyrics. And then uh, I always try to make my choruses maybe a little bit, re- uh, re- uh, what's the fucking word, where it, kept, it keeps on repeating anyway, do you know what I mean? You've always got that kind of chorus to come back to, a bit of a hook sort of thing. So it, the chorus is repeated, I think it's like three times. And then the verses are quite, um, as I say, they're, 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 they're quite personal sort of lyrics. But um I'm pleased with how it came out. I'm, I'm pleased with how it came out and, and people are starting to dig it and I've had a lot of people say it's the best thing I've done so far. So I'm pleased to like it because the rest of the fucking tunes are like that as well. Do you know what I mean? So if they didn't like it, we'd kind of be knackered. But uh, it's good. It's a good direction. Hopefully we're going to get some people dancing at the next few gigs and stuff, which which will be yeah. good. It'll be different. It'll
0: be yeah. good. It's, it's proper catchy, isn't it? The riff, uh, which you just touched on then. Um, I was going to mention sort of the, the changing... It is a changing sound kind of, isn't it, for you? And you have just hinted then that that is the way it's going to sort of proceed going forward. Um So is it, is it time to are you leaving sort of ballady stuff behind? Cause that's what's also made you
2: popular at the same time. Oh no, we'll not be really leaving it behind it. It's more a case of we're just trying to open a few more doors. Listen, my, my, my farm base at the minute is a lot of fucking great people, by the way. I'm just going to stick that <laughs> one Um, well, you know, we we want to appeal to both older fans and younger fans, you know what I mean? And in the vast majority of my fan base is tend to be like the mid-20s to 30s kind of sort of uh, demographic. And, um, you know, I've been going to these gigs and particularly with the festival season and stuff, seeing seeing loads of people jumping around to young bands. And I, I, I do want to bring a little bit of excitement there as well. Do you know what I mean? So I think uh, we're going to try to appeal to a younger audience as well as the fans that are already out. So we have got a few ballads coming out. It's not like the end of that. Do you know what I mean? There's... The, on, on the EP, I think the last the last record on the EP, that's like your typical acoustic ballad with a little piano riff and all that Like, sounds really good. And then the rest of them are, you know, your upbeat indie type songs. So hopefully when it comes to getting back to gigging, which isn't too long, um, you know, we're going to have, you know, the people dancing and then we're also going to have the songs that people can stand back and reflect a little bit on, let's say. So we're just trying to make that even balance at the minute.
0: Yeah. And you, met, you mentioned the the fan base, which obviously I assume is UK, maybe north of UK majority. But something I saw a while back was you mentioned Italy was uh, was somewhere where you'd got quite a lot of streams. Do you do you know why that is?
2: Um, so we uh, there's a there's a radio station in Italy called uh, Radio Fresher, which is a uh, I, I presume it to be their radio X. That's the only way I can kind of describe it. But it's really big, and uh, it was waiting for the rain no no one told us or anything i think one of the scouts must have heard the song and it was in their top 20 and it got voted for like their top 20 best single of the year like it, it didn't win it but i think it was won by you know some broken through artist or whatever but mm. um that's when we kind of started speaking to them and then they played memories and they have done where's my family gone as well in um in the streams that we've had through that are just ridiculous like uh the vast majority of streams that we've had for the likes of memories and stuff have came from Milan and you know, Turin and Genoa and all that kind of stuff. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's yeah. it's it, it, it's it's mad. It's um so so we're hoping that they're gonna jump on you don't belong. Uh they've, 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 they've got the tune and they seem to like it. So we'll just see if see if we can get any success there. But I suppose it's good though, because it means that we might actually be able to sell a couple of fucking tickets in Italy, which would yeah. be amazing because yeah. I've never been beaten a uh or so Italy or anything like that. So it would be great to get out there and play for them. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. That' what one of my questions was going to be based on that. Have you any uh, any plans to get out there and play a couple of shows over there? Anything in the yeah, works? Well, anything in the pipeline?
2: Well, there was talks of it and stuff. Particularly last year, and then obviously with the whole COVID thing, it was just a nightmare to sort of travel. And I think. I don't think things are a hundred percent there just yet. Do you know what I mean? I still think they're a little bit behind, sort of what we are. So it's just got to kind of fit the bill, and, and you don't want to just go over there on a whim. Do you know what I mean? It would be something along the lines of do a UK tour and then as it's finished, you know, maybe go over to Italy and do a couple of shows. Do you know what I mean? It yeah, needs yeah. that's going to yeah. fit fit the year that we're trying to have. But um, I'd love to, mate. I I'd, 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 yeah, I would absolutely love to get over there. Like it'd yeah. be brilliant. Mate. Yeah, you could probably yeah, jump on probably a, jump. a festival or something as, as well as as well as gigs. Um,
0: another big thing that's happened recently, obviously just before the single, was the the news of the label, which is is Pete Doherty's label, isn't it?
2: Um
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, what What's that like for for an up and coming musician? You want to you want to have the right backing, don't you? So that must be quite special.
2: You know, we've been. I keep on saying we, but like, I, I just mean like, the, you know, me and the team have been so lucky that we've had all these inspirational people behind us so early on. Do you know what I mean, we've had Noel, we've had good luck messages. I'm not going to sit here and name drop, but we've had good luck messages and stuff and I've spoken. No, to sit and sit, I've sit here and name drop. Sit here and name yeah, drop. Please, please do. <laughs> click that. there's a few there's a few I've been around Sam Fender's house and he's wished as well and you know we got like some nice uh, responses from the likes of Paolo Natini and stuff and um, obviously Pete and Noel and stuff have been obviously Noel sort of in particular has been around from the start Um, but so we're we're so we're so fortunate and so privileged to have all these people behind us so early on do you know what I mean Um, and Pete's a great lad I haven't or peter as he's as he's yeah. no no yeah. uh he's the label is fantastic i'm gonna uh yeah it's 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 so obviously i was signed to virgin after the whole Noel relationship and um you know i think the the, the the issue with being at a major label like that so early on in your career is you know you're way down the sort of pecking order do you know what i mean so like the day that i had where's my family gone come out I think you had 17 or 18 other songs out on that label on that day by, you know, major, you know, streaming artists and stuff. So you, you were never really getting, it used to take a little bit longer to get in sort of touch with the office and stuff. So the relationship I've got with Strap is just, it's unbelievable. And obviously it's all thanks to Peter and Jai. They're, uh, yeah, they're both running a really tight ship and I'm, I'm just pleased to be involved with uh, with with the label and I'm pleased that they're involved in my, in my journey. Yeah.
0: And you, you've actually performed on stage with them, is that right? Was was that before or after the, the the label came along?
2: That was uh that was before so we the lockdown just ended and uh we jumped on three shows and we've done Newcastle, Derby and Hull. And after the Newcastle show was when they expressed a little bit of interest, why aren't you coming maybe work with the label? And it was like a little bit, okay, well, you know, we've all had a couple of glasses of wine here, do you know what I mean? Let's not <laughs> See how too hasty. Um, but then by like the third night when we were in Derby, me and Pete were backstage and, um, and we spoke about it briefly after the gig. So you want to do a song together on the last night and we'd done High Flying Bird by uh, Jefferson Airplane. Uh, quite pissed, me. I add, I, I, because I'd done it <laughs> at the end of his set. So uh, I went on. I don't think I remembered all the chords. He definitely didn't remember all the words. Mm. But it did <laughs> sound all right, to be was like a short little uh, sort of snippet of it on... on on uh, YouTube, I think, but I think we did about get away with it, to be fair. The first half of the song was horrendous because we're mm. just trying to keep time with each other, but by the finish, we kind of we kind of pulled it out of the bag. But yeah, it was great, man. I mean, who can who can say at the age of, you know, 22? I was I was uh, 21 at the time. Who can say at the age of 21 you've got to perform on stage with Pete, mm. Do you know what I mean? Or Peter. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a ridiculous experience. Do you know what I mean? Again, it's just another thing to sort of tick off the, the list of mad things that are happening through music. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, as as you mentioned as well, um, you don't want to name drop, but I'm going to bring him back up. Um, you've worked with with Noel as well. Uh, I want to, I want to know a bit about what that was like for you, because I imagine you were even younger then. Um, so, what was that like for you, and, and what was he like as a person to work with?
1: How did that happen first? How did how did that <laughs> yeah. how
2: did that come about? So, obviously, the relationship was. Documented a little bit better, you know. My manager knew him from the early two thousands, and Noel's guitar went missing, and my manager found it, and all that, blah blah blah. And they really they became in contact and became friends out of that. Now we're just what we're same with Virgin. We're done. It's going to get better. I'm waiting for the rain, and we wanted to do something not as acoustic, but still, you know, just a little bit of a step up. And we got in touch with Noel, and we sent him the rough demo for Where's My Family Gone, and said, Noel, do you know any producers? And to everybody's amazement, he responded and went. I'll do it. <laughs> and then he fell off my chair at this point. And I was like, right, hang on. That sounds class. So we got the label involved. The label was you all over it. Uh, spoke to his manager, spoke to his, you know, all his team, all the rest of it. Um, we got the 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 studio booked. It wasn't just Noel on it as well, you know, it was, it was like you got the high flying birds involved, it was his session musicians. Um and it was mad. I remember, I remember like the running up to it, and uh, I'd spoke to him on the phone a couple of times about kind of what I wanted and what I didn't want about the song. And uh, I don't know if he's a guitarist or whatever. You know, training sort of music whenever in the studio, yeah. the best thing to do is play into a click, which is basically the most annoying fucking metronome in the world. to sit with headphones on, just to keep you in time. And I'd never done that before, so uh, I was horrendous at that. So it, it, I remember being in the studio on the first day, trying to keep time on the acoustic guitar when Noel sat. Like two seats away from us, just <laughs> sat like kicking his fingers, like trying to keep us in time. Well like a, he had like a shake on his hand, so it was just it was just mad. There's a great photo somewhere on my Instagram, and it's we we tried something a little bit differently on the second day. We tried, you know, we we, we tried almost do it live, and um it was a case of him playing the guitar and me singing, which was just that was just on like that's something that I'll remember forever. Do you know what I mean? That i my manager caught the. The, the moment on his phone but I'm stood beside Noel with a mic and you know I'm singing in and you can just see Noel sat on the stool just strumming away and it was like I remember getting halfway through as my family gone and looking down. I mean we didn't use that version because my guitar room was a little bit better. But we, but I remember like sort of looking down to him and just thinking fucking hell man like how how lucky am I here? Like, this is just unbelievable. And as a person he was sound he was uh, you know he sat with was spoke about my family he spoke about his family um man city newcastle you know, food, crisps. It was just fuck. It was just. Do you know what I mean? It was just yeah. sound, man. It really was. He was like. Yeah. It it was yeah. It it was just a mental, mental week. But again, something I'm just so so lucky and so privileged and grateful to have uh, experienced so so early. Yeah. So, so, oh, yeah.
0: Are these people that you work with? Are these people
2: who've had an influence on you from from your younger days that as you were growing up musically? Not so much. Pete the Noel, yeah, I was brought up on, you know, a, a cocktail of Oasis and the jam. So I've always been a massive Weller fan of Noel. And when you look into Noel and you find Weller and you, you know, then you find Bob Dylan, then you find Donovan, then you find Neil Young and, you know, the list goes on and you end up looking at, you know, some of the greats. Mm. So I've always been, I've always resonated with, uh Acoustic lyricists, I suppose that's a good way to put it. I've always, I've always resonated more with the writer than the singer. Mm. So for me, Oasis, you know, great, like, seeing that whole singing thing. Yeah, I can, I can put Liam and Noel in two separate sort of spaces easily, do you know what I mean? Because I resonate with the lyrics. Singing comes sort of second to me. I'm not too fussed about the singing. As long as the lyrics are good, then I'm fucking yeah. into it. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I was always a big fan and all of that. I, I, I think I said to him in the studio, you know, if it wasn't for getting into Oasis and your music, I probably wouldn't have picked up the guitar in the first place. So, obviously, to be sitting there, it was, fuck, yeah, it was, a, it was a pretty mad thing. But it was good as well because I, I was able to, you know, I, I wasn't in there in Linky's horse, do you know what I mean? As much yeah. as, you know, an Oasis fan I was, I wasn't in there to, sit there and no 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 can I be your best pal you know it wasn't a case of that I, I, I wanted to impress him first and foremost but I also got the opportunity to sit down just meet him in the studio and thank him because if it wasn't for him I wouldn't have had a record deal I wouldn't have been doing music full-time and uh and I certainly wouldn't be you know yeah I'd be fucking on a building site somewhere or in a dole queue or do you know what I mean in the mm. pub probably
1: and nobody would blame you um... <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah, no. As you say, it's got to be one of the most surreal experiences in the world, and and like you rightly said, you you weren't there to to kind of kiss his ass or anything. You know, you're working on your song, and uh, as as you mentioned a second ago, you've got a, a phone recording of Noel playing the guitar to your song whilst you sing it. It's got it's got to be some feeling, mate. It's got to be oh, some it was
2: ridiculous, and I do remember because obviously Noel couldn't see as he was had his head down. I do think I did put my hands behind me back for it. I know I've just seen I resonate wall. <laughs> I definitely put my hands behind me back. Yeah, I don't blame you. I don't blame
0: you. Um, <laughs> so something I saw in the, I think it was an online. It was the Chronicle Online, wasn't it? The other day. I, I'm hoping you've seen this because they did. I don't want to kind of Fender. put pressure on you. Yeah, the next, the next Sam Fender. So, so he's just scooped up. Uh, Brit, the, the only I think it was the only fan voted Brit award. He's p- probably one of the best in best in India at the minute, especially in the UK. So, what's that like? Is that pressure when you hear you're the next Sam Fender? Or? Yeah,
2: that's neat pressure, man. That's neat pressure. Listen, Sam. <laughs> Sam's. I've I've had the pleasure of speaking to Sam a fair few times. As I see, I've, I've I've sat and had a couple of cups of tea with him. You know, we've chatted shit. I've met him at festivals, all the rest. of him. He's, Sam's a lovely lad. I haven't got a bad word to say about him. And he does deserve it, you know what I mean? I've, I've spoken to him, um, you know, about his uprising through music. And like it, it, there's so many people that think this is just like a one, two, three yeah, thing for and It really isn't. He's really grafted for it, man. He's really grafted for it. And I've spoken to people coming to my gigs now... And they'll go, you know, I watched Sam Fender back in 2016. He was upstairs acoustic in a little barn. There was two people watching him. And it's like, that's when you're fucking grafting. Do you know what I mean? That's the grind. He's like, so every, every bit of success he gets, I wish him all the, all, 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 all the best, but he definitely deserves it. In terms of me being the next Sam Fender, it's no saxophone player getting in my band, mate. I'm fucking <laughs> telling you that.
1: Right
2: <laughs> <laughs> what does I love, Johnny? No, no. <laughs> mm you different. You've got to be original in this game, man. Do you know what I mean? You've got to be. There's, there's no one wants to be. When I first started music, I was always wanting to be the next Noel Gallagher, the next Paul Weller, and you can do that as much as you want, but you're only going to go so far before you're known as a tribute act. Um, mine and Sam's music, you know, it's, it's, it's not the same. It's not. It's not. Sam's got a fantastic producer, and I, I hear a lot of the, like, uh, sort of the war on drugs. Um, and there's another artist I was thinking of the other day that sounds you know sounds a little bit like Sam so he gets his influences somewhere different than I get mine from yeah. um, so I don't think the, the, the sounds will ever go the same of course who wouldn't want fucking Sam Fender's success do you know what I mean <laughs> or his bank yeah. card <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but in terms of being the next Sam Fender nah I just want to be the next the next me man that's all I want to be I, I, I'll get there as far as I can with the whole Andrew Cushing thing and then when I've reached the top, that's when you walk away from me. Like that's when you walk away.
1: Class, mate. It's a class response.
0: What was the Newcastle scene like for you coming up in terms of playing? I imagine it's been given new lease of life, especially with yourself. Um, <coughs> there's there's quite a few artists at the minute. Obviously, Sam. I remember the Mac, um, not Macabees, Maximo Park, uh, early noughties kind of era, wasn't it? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, but what was it like, sort of in between? I imagine you came at
2: a time where it was relatively quiet to start off. I only started doing gigs in 2018, 19. Do you know what I mean? Before mm. that, I was kind of just playing football. I wasn't really interested in music. Okay. So the scenes definitely got a lot better, like a hell of a lot better. I think with the you know the surge of Sam Fenders, you know the. To, to the top and all that you know we've, de- we've definitely seen a lot more young bands come out I think we are seeing a lot more more artists and stuff it's great to see man it's really good you know and, and, and I've it's so good to see everybody so close you know, I was talking to El Devine the other day like the first time and just like sort of chatting on Instagram and I thought you know fucking hell man you're up there doing ridiculous bits with streaming and stuff and you've got the time to talk to me because I'm a musician and it's, it's just great man it's good to see that whole sort of togetherness and as I say Sam's got a lot of time for a lot of artists uh, there's a band called The Pale White from Newcastle who yeah. again I've, I've, I'll sit and sort of chat away with them. They're great lads, so it's good to see the 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 northeast spirit of of, of music, I suppose. But I definitely think we're on the up now. Yeah. I think we've got the potential to be. And this is a fucking quote for you. I'm going <laughs> to say by 2025, I think. Newcastle or the Northeast in twenty twenty five is going to be similar to the nineties in 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 Manchester. I really do, and just just in terms of we're going to have the best music coming out. Um, you know, we've by far got the best accent, uh, the and best looking athletes. And the best football team as well. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, you might have won the prem then. Clip, clip that. Yeah,
1: I think I think I think the, the football wow. aspect of that almost certainly is uh, is well in the in the running, isn't it? With uh, the with, with the recent investment. But uh,
2: let's not
0: talk about too much about football. Focus on staying up first.
2: And then <laughs> <laughs> you know, you don't have to worry about that. To, I seem more well linked to a Harry Kane in that the day, man. It's just like every time I'm going onto my social media again, like in the mornings, it's just, you can't help but smile, man. Like, I, I presume you was definitely on Newcastle fans, right? But you, we, we do deserve it, man. We've went through shit for so long, like under under Ashley. And it, the, the fans have always stuck by the stadium and always stuck by the players. And it, yeah. it's, it's us and it's them that... that, yeah. that plainly getting rewarded for that. Sort of
1: I, I was happy for the fans to see you get out of the Mike Ashley era, definitely. Definitely yeah. happy for the fans f- f- for that side of things, but I don't want to see any, any other Premier League team get major investment aside from United, really. <laughs> but the, the real United I'm talking about.
0: Um, oh, okay. <laughs> nick, the papers reckon you're going to Nick <laughs> Pogba anyway, but I, I can't see it myself. Um, so yeah. we it. Yeah. Um, So back, back onto music. We'll, we'll ask you the, we'll ask you the theme of the the podcast. Now, the the question we ask all of our guests, it's um, we ask if you, if you could go for a beer with any three musicians past or present, you've got the whole evening to ask them anything you want. Who's your first choice and why?
2: Right. Well, you're going to want people that can go the distance, aren't you? Do you know what I mean? You're (laughs) not going to want people that are like shooting off at half past 10. Mm. Are we saying now, or are we saying in their prime? Do you know what I mean? Because I'll say Ozzy Osbourne, not like in his whatever.
1: prime. Yeah, it's whatever yeah. you want, mate. You can have him whatever I, era you want. I'm
2: going to go for a drink Ozzy Osbourne now. Do you know what I mean? You
1: pick the person <laughs> and you pick their era.
2: Right, okay. But I'm going to go for Ozzy Osbourne in his prime just because I think it'd be fucking ridiculous. And you know, for a fact, that's going to get very, very, very messy. <laughs> and you yeah. I want to see Ozzy Osbourne in his prime. Hmm. Who else? Who else? Who else? I've had all day thinking about this, and I still haven't, still haven't really bothered. Um... <laughs> Sometimes it's better than we always say this.
0: If yeah, you, if it's you're always, thinking on the always
1: better off the cuff. There, there was yeah, a ne- yeah. there was a
0: Netflix documentary recently where there was a clip of Ozzy Osbourne. I'm not sure how true it was, but he was snorting ants like a line of ants from the side of like <laughs> a swimmer. <laughs> have, have you seen it? No. You know what I mean? I how
2: could you not be entertained by that yeah. I mean, then you don't man? Yeah. Like, yeah. Half of my mates are like that as well. It's me. It's just mm-hmm. unreal. I feel like half the people in Newcastle are like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, right, so who else can we go with? Let's have a think. Um, I'm going to say Mark Knopfler, actually. There's one okay. fire.
1: Yeah, so we've not we've had, Mark had Mark before, have we, I don't think.
2: I can't imagine had him. Just because I want to sit and talk his head off about guitars yeah. in a and steal some riff ideas so I can yeah. get walking out to one of my songs one day that would be pretty special there's a, there's a video
1: about- there's a video on YouTube of Mark Knopfler kind of explaining his the, his approach to playing guitar right. which is just fascinating I don't know if you've seen it I haven't um, seen it a he it like- uh, he probably knows a lot more about music theory now than he than he did certainly at the time of writing it but at, uh, at the time of recording that video but he was basically saying I don't I don't really consider music theory I don't think about it I I see the guitar almost like similar to like how Dave Grohl approaches it um You've got your snare, you've got your bass, you've got blah blah blah, and he talks through his his approach, and, and it's have a have a have a look at it. It's just, it's called like Mark Knopfler on guitar or something like that. I mean, don't put that because you're going
0: to get every video under the sun. But. <laughs> well, it's interesting though, because when I interviewed the the Latham's guitarist, he said his biggest inspiration was him, and it was like he thought that Mark Knopfler was um, one of the most underrated guitarists in the world. He was like, no one really speaks of him. As,
2: he's, as... he's like about Johnny Moore, is he? Really? He's, mm. he's, he's, he's like Newcastle's Johnny Moore. He kind of just invented that song for Newcastle. So yeah, I'm going to say him, and I'm going to say Jarvis Cocker as well. Okay. I've been the Pulp again, actually. But uh, I'd I'd love to. Um, I was just talking about sort of lyrics and stuff before. I'd I'd love to break down some of his lyrical approaches because he's uh, <laughs> one of seedy songs by Pulp. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. You know the inspiration for some of them, or maybe I wouldn't. Do you know what I mean? Maybe I wouldn't, because um. a lot of it's. Quite in it
0: he's Maybe had a few just... he's had a few moments as well hasn't he in the um, I think he did was yeah. he the one on the Brits who, who moonied was it Michael yeah. Jackson or someone I think he's done something so it sounds like you've got you've got an entertaining night going yeah. Yeah. Where, where
1: are you where are you taking the three of them where are you all going
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: what kind of bar or pub
2: I'm going to take them to the Black Arter and the town. You, you, you going <laughs> um, to have a two, right? But if you just Google the Black Arter, it's one of the most horrendous bars in the world. But it's <laughs> brilliant. I was in there last night, and I was, uh, and I was like, it was, I think it was called like Mental Mick. And he was like, got on stage with a moustache on the wig and just started raving. And it was like half past four in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> and like, oh, yeah. Got I'm it. Going to take all
1: three of them to the Black it. It.
0: <laughs> i'm already thinking of that video that went the, the viral video where it's like the work it's like one of the worst pubs in england it showed and there was like people you yeah not seen it with all the yeah, looks a bit like that
1: to be that's fair
0: a, that's how i'm imagining it from the description um yeah. but yeah no you're sorted that's we'll take we'll take the three of them um i think none of all three no aussie's been chosen before but the other two haven't so there you go um yep. before before we go what's what's in store you, you've you touched on an EP. Is is there maybe an album around the corner f- um, for you?
2: So the album. Um... I have virtually written everything on it, you know, but of course I've written everything on it to my fucking album. But the album's pretty much finished in terms of writing, you know what I mean? I think it needs a couple of tweaks and we do need to maybe put together a little bit of a fixed set list. But we're going to start the recording for that hopefully early next year or by the end of this year. So 2023, fingers crossed. Uh, I've got a massive tour to announce pretty soon. I think that's for October. We've also got uh, my biggest headline to date as well in uh, Newcastle. So that's going to be ridiculous. So I think we're announcing that in March. And obviously, as you said, we've got the AP as well, which I think is coming out around about April time. Um, and then obviously more festivals and stuff to announce. We've just had a couple more uh, put forward today and yesterday as well, so we'll get them announced. And um, obviously we've got the gigs with Noel Gallagher as well. They'll be good. Hopefully you can get back on to our Pete and the Libertines. It's going to be quite a busy year, mate. So I just can't wait to get started again, man. Can't wait to get started. Yeah. Have you got any festivals Perfect. lined up as well for the summer? Uh, we have, but I couldn't possibly tell you off the top of my head. I got that. Try. I just play where I'm told to play. Do you know what I mean? Like the yeah. day before, like, like mm.
1: you've
2: got to go to, like Bristol tomorrow morning. And you say, "All right, I sound <laughs> next one. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Love That's that. That's the way to go. Yeah. But um, thanks, thanks very much for your time. Thanks for coming on. Um, and obviously, best of luck with the with the new releases. If it's anything like um, "You Don't Belong," I think I think you're in for a good year. Thank you very much, man. I
2: appreciate that. Yeah. Thank
0: you very much. No worries. All right, cheers. It's your
1: classmate. Thanks so much for your time.
0: See ya. No,
2: two, three, two. Cheers.
0: Yeah, so that was our first, first guest from season two, Andrew Cushing. Hope you enjoyed it. And if you've not heard him already, it's definitely worth a listen to to some of his stuff. Um, I think he's got about five five singles out now and especially go and listen to his, his new one, which is his first work with uh, Peter Doherty. Um, you may have noticed that it looks like I've apparated, um, so using a Harry Potter term, mm. from place place to place throughout this interview. But um, sometimes we do record stuff at different times. James... And I have a well, James has busy schedules. I would it's probably easier to say. James but James
1: has a, a two year old daughter. He's, that's that's the important yeah. that's the important yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah. So it, it was a pleasure to speak with Andrew. Uh, we wish him all the best. Uh, power to him. That's my, my, my catchphrase. To- <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be my catchphrase for season two. Um, no. uh, it, it, it rolled off the tongue when, when uh, talking about Lauren Hibbard in the season one review. Uh, and I quite liked it. So
0: okay.
1: power to it.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. I'll let, let you have that. Um, for, uh, well, for now. And then, yeah, we, we've got lots of lots more guests lined up as we alluded to. Uh, previously, we're going to try and get people from all sorts of fields, so not just musicians, but plenty of musicians also lined up. Uh, maybe some radio DJs as well. Mm. Okay. Propelling, propelling careers, but no, we um, do propel DJs' careers. No, <laughs> that's not true. But if you listen to the previous episode, you'll understand why we're talking about it. Um, we've last season we said we were going to do one every Thursday. This season, we're saying nothing. Nothing. So it's that they come out when they come out. Big guests, small promises. Indeed. So we'll see you for the next episode at some point in 2022. <laughs> no, well, it will be, a, well it will be soon. promise. It will be soon. <laughs> it, will be soon. It, it will be soon. You can follow us on Twitter at Northern Chorus. Ah, be. yes. The follow us on Instagram at Northern Chorus. Facebook, Northern Chorus UK. Uh, There's currently a headphone giveaway on the website, so you can go on there. You can also, as well as listening on all platforms, you can actually watch these on YouTube. If you want to, unfortunately, look at us too.
1: Done. No one's forcing you to. (laughs) Listen on Spotify if you want.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably for the best. But yeah, we'll see you next time.
1: Bye-bye for now.